Uh, I really feel uh, led of the Lord to, to teach this, and I know that it will be a blessing to me, and I pray that it will be a blessing to you. So I want to talk about today the success that follows obedience, the success that follows obedience. Amen? The success that follows obedience. The Bible says in the book of Joshua, chapter 1, verse number 8, it says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. Now let's go back here. It says that thou mayest observe to do according to, somebody say all. All that is written therein. That means we don't take out the parts that we don't like and only apply the parts that we like. No, uh-uh, we have to take the whole loaf. We've got to go from Genesis to Revelations. We can't remove a book just because we don't like the book. I don't want to apply myself to that. I don't want to bend to that. But the scripture says that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. And if you observe to do all of it, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. And then thou shalt have good Success. So how strange to equate success with obedience. The scripture is equating success with obedience. See, many think, many people think prosperity and success come from having power, come from having influential personal contacts and a relentless desire to get ahead. In the corporate world, I used to hear all the time, it's not about what you know, but who you know. I would challenge people with that saying because as I have found myself navigating through the corporate world, I have found it's not all the time, that's not, that statement is not true all the time. It's not about who you know. But what I have come to find is, is it's about who knows you. Because if I was going for a job interview, and I was going for that job interview within the same company or within a different company. It's not about maybe who you know, because that person may not know you. You may know this person. You may understand their character. You may know all about them. But do they know your character? Do they know all about you? Do they know you well enough that they can go to the boss or go to the CEO, the one that's in the hiring position, and say, you should draft or hire Eddie Robinson for this position? See. It's better when that person knows who you are. Well, the Bible says, in the book of Matthew, chapter number 7, starting at verse number 21, it says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name cast out devils, and in that name done wonderful works, and then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I want us to go back to verse number 21, if you could please put that up one more time. Notice that the scripture says, he that doeth the will. It doesn't say he that knoweth the will. But it says he's that, he that doeth the will. It's one thing to know what to do. It's a whole other thing to do it. I've heard people make this statement. Just do what I do or do what I say, not what I do. I've heard parents make that statement. 
I've heard people say that. Just do what I say, not what I do. In other words, I know what to do. I just choose not to do it. And that's what the scripture is enlightening here. That's what is coming. That's what the, the Lord is trying to get our attention by saying it. It's not about knowing what to do. It's about are you doing what you know to do? Because we are held accountable for what we know. We are held accountable for the knowledge that we have attained. We can know what to do, understand scripture, but we have to be able to walk in his will and do his purpose. Somebody say obedience. The word of God is more than just words spoken or written. The word of God is the expression of himself. Jesus Christ is the word expressed. Or as John puts it in John chapter 1, verse number 14, the word was made flesh. Jesus Christ is the expressed image of God. Unbelief in his word is unbelief in himself. He requires our faith in his word as the fundamental basis of our relationship with him. Obedience in human behavior is a form of social influence in which a person yields to explicit instructions or orders from an authority figure. So this includes your pastor being the authority figure in the church. This includes the Holy Ghost as the authority figure that lives on the inside of us. For the Bible says in Acts chapter 5, verse number 32, and we are his witnesses of these things, and so is also the Holy Ghost whom God hath given to them that what? Amen. Obey him. That obey him. If you were to take the time, you can write this down. If you were to take the time to read Deuteronomy chapter number 28. Take the time to read that because you will find the first 14 verses deal with the blessings from obedience. Deuteronomy 28 verses 1 through 14 all deal with the blessings of obedience. But then as you read verse 15 all the way to verse number 68, it deals with the cursings of disobedience. Take the time to read that sometime, Deuteronomy chapter number 28. But in Deuteronomy chapter number 29, verse number 29, the Bible says, the secret things belong unto the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. This verse shows us that although God has not told us everything that there is to know about obeying him, he has told us enough. Thus, disobedience comes from an act of the will, not a lack of knowledge. That's why Hosea chapter 4, verse number 6. You know, we hear this quoted often many times, but we only stop after or the first part of the colon. We never come after the colon. The scripture says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Now, we've heard that multiple times, haven't we? Now, what we must understand here, though, is that there's a colon. That means what comes after it enhances or enlightens or brings to light the meaning of the first statement. All right? So whatever comes after a colon explains what came before the colon. So the Bible says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because they have rejected knowledge. The Lord is letting them know, no, they knew about it. They just chose not to obey it. The scripture says because they have rejected knowledge, then I will reject you. That thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing that thou hast forgotten the law of thy God. I will also forget, look at this, thy children. So not only were the parents 
condemned, but they're also passed that condemnation onto their children because the parents chose not to follow after the law that they knew. And so this is important here because we can only not have knowledge two ways. One, if it's never taught. If we never take the time to teach the younger generation what they should do. That's why it's always important for us adults. That's why I'm glad all the young people are back there because we can talk here for a little bit because we should be the ones leading by example at all times. And we should not lead by example just within the four walls and then act like a fool outside the four walls. But we should lead by example everywhere that we go. Whether you're at home, whether you're at the grocery store, whether you're talking on the phone to your best friend, you always lead by example. Amen. Because that's how you teach them knowledge. How we respond to certain interactions. How we respond to certain things at work. And then we come home with this attitude because we had a bad day at work. And now here we are picking up our children from school or grandchildren are coming over to the house and now we've got the wrong spirit. Amen. And so we must continue to be an example at all times. And when we come into the house of the Lord, we be an example in prayer. We be an example in worship. We be an example in every area that we can be an example in teaching them this is what right looks like. How can they know what right looks like unless it's taught to them? But how can we display it if we forget what's been taught to us? And how one forgets what's been taught is that you don't put it in practice. That's it. That's how you forget. You don't put it in practice. I was, I, uh, my in-laws purchased me a bike uh, a few months ago. And I haven't ridden a bike. It's, it's been some years since I've been on a bike. And so they purchased me this I mean, nice bike, nice thing. These bikes, they're not like they were when I was coming up. It's, it had speeds on it. Like you can change the speed. It had like first speed, second speed, third. It went all the way up to like seventh speed. And that confused me right there. <laughs> it, it did. I was like, what just happened to get on a bike and just you go faster because you pedal faster? Now the thing goes, it goes for you. I said, my, my goodness, we're making it too easy on these kids. So I, I get on a bike. Well, <laughs> it, it wasn't too pretty for me. Uh, yeah, I lost my balance a few times. I mean, to the point to where I was embarrassed. So I had to get off the bike <laughs> because my kids were watching Daddy lose his balance on this bike because it's been a while since I've been on a bike. And so I had to, I had to maybe go down the road a little bit and say, y'all uh, y'all, stay in the, in the driveway now. Y'all stay in the driveway. <laughs> I, was, I was acting like I was putting up a safety bear, but really I was trying to have my own safety bear. <laughs> so I had to go down the road a little bit just to get used how to ride that bike. And then when I felt comfortable, I said, hey, yeah, now I can come on around. You know, <laughs> you know how you think you're cool. You got one hand on it. You go, no hand. That's right. I thought I had it then. You know, I was doing it. But it was a while since I've been on that bike. It's no different when it comes to the things of the Lord. All right, all right. If we just say, oh, I've read that book before. I've read that Bible a few times. I, I don't need to read it. I know it. No, uh-uh. We have to continue to rehearse the words of the Lord in our life. Amen. 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 We must continue to do these things. Oh, somebody say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's important. It's important. They were disobedient because they rejected knowledge. 
That's how we can become disobedient because we reject the knowledge. We choose not to do the things that we know to do. You know, we know to pay tithes and offering, and we just choose not to. That's rejecting knowledge. We choose to, we know to have forgiveness, forgive our brothers and our sisters, to love our brothers and our sisters, and we choose not to. That's rejecting knowledge. The obedience to God's word was so important that Moses took the time to write the law and then deliver the law to the priests, the sons of Levi. Then instructed that the law be read before all the people of Israel, including children, every seven years. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter number 31, verse number 9, And Moses wrote this law and delivered it unto the priests, the sons of Levi, which bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord and, uh, and unto all the elders of Israel. And Moses commanded them, saying, At the end of every seven years, in the solemnity of the year of release, in the Feast of Tabernacles, when all Israel is come to appear before the Lord thy God in the place which he shall choose, thou shalt read this law before who? All Israel in their hearing. And just to make it plain, verse number 12 says, gather the people together, men and women and children, and thy stranger that is within thy gates. He said, bring everybody here. Doesn't matter who it is. If they live with you, they're supposed to come. Come and hear the word of the Lord. I don't know how many of you have this in practice, but it's a very good practice to have. Reading the Bible out loud around your house. Some people may do that, some people may not. Reading the word out loud around your house. You're upstairs, you're reading the word out loud. You're walking downstairs, you're just reading the word out loud. You're walking through your kitchen, you're just reading the word out loud. It's a good practice to have. Amen. Try it someday, sometime if, if you haven't done it. Just go walking around and when you start reading in whatever book you're reading in, read that same book but walk around your house reading it and proclaiming it. Saying within yourself and professing to the spirit world, this house belongs to the Lord. Amen. I'm telling you. Just read the word out loud around your house. Just walk around your house just reading the word, professing the word. And every time you get done reading, you say, thank you, Jesus. I believe that, Lord. I receive it, Lord. It's a very good practice to have. The scripture says, gather everyone that they may hear and that they may learn and fear the Lord your God and observe to do all the words of the law. In verse number 13, it says, and that their children, which have not known anything may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as ye live in the land which uh, whether ye go over Jordan to possess it. You see what reading the word does? It also professes to the ones in your household for the parents that are here today that have children in your household or grandbabies that come over. It's good for grandparents. When you know your children are not living in a godly righteous home, when those kids come over there, I know you want to play games with them, go out, have fun, read the word to them. I encourage you to just take five, ten minutes, sit them down, just read the word to them. Because if you know they're not getting the word at home, and they're not, getting, they're not coming to church, they're not coming to Sunday school, read the word to them. Take time, just read a couple verses to them. Amen. It's a very good practice to do. Sit them down, talk to them. Because those grandbabies know what you believe. They know what you stand for. They know they're walking into a godly home. Show them why it's a godly home. Because when they're not there, you pray. Well, when they are there, show them how to pray. 
If parents aren't showing them how to pray, you show them how to pray. If parents aren't reading that word to them, you show them how to read that word because they must have knowledge. How else are they going to have the knowledge unless we put it into them? Because if we don't put it into them now, somebody will put it into them later. And it's then is going to be the wrong knowledge. Then we're going to be praying a different type of prayer, saying, Lord, bring my grandbaby out of that church. Bring them out of that doctrine. But we should have put it in them at six, seven, eight years old. Amen. Or they get caught up in this drug, this alcohol, this thing, this, that. Because they're searching for something that they should have experienced a long time ago. Because when you don't experience the power of the Holy Ghost, your soul is always going to be searching for something to fill that void. Amen. And when we have the understanding and we have the power, we have the gift of the Holy Ghost, we have the fruits of the Spirit, we've got to teach and show them what we have. Why we believe what we believe. Yes, just a few minutes at a time, it goes a long way. A few minutes at a time goes a long way. Amen? Amen. Amen. The Bible talks about in Leviticus chapter number 10, verse number 1. I've spoke about this before, but this is dealing with Aaron's sons. When they took censers and put fire thereon and they offered up strange fire before the Lord. Talked about this before, dealing with the spirit of Aaron. When I was preaching on the spirit of Aaron, how that spirit of Aaron is a very destructive spirit. How Aaron had a compromising spirit. Aaron had a spirit of assumption. And therefore, Aaron had a spirit of deception. He was deceived. If you haven't heard that message, I challenge you to go on our website and go listen to that message about the spirit of Aaron, a destructive spirit of Aaron. And here we find here where Aaron's sons were not following the practice. They weren't obedient. Here they were going into the temple as a form of worship, and they lacked obedience because obedience is a form of worship. The Bible says that they offered up strange fire. The word strange in Hebrew means unauthorized. It also means a lack of obedience. It's easy for us to grow careless about obeying God, to do things our way instead of God's way. He's always had good reasons for his commands, and we always place ourselves in danger when we consistently or even carelessly disobey him. It's important that we Do things the right way. Can I talk about this for a moment? Let 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 me talk to you. See, there are biblical laws, things biblical, and then there are things that the church may say. Amen? See, if a church has a guideline, it's a church guideline, not a biblical doctrine. Two different things. There are churches and people that try to make their church guidelines biblical doctrine. Not so. 
Paul dealt with that with the Jews when they were trying to pass on their Jewish laws onto the Gentiles. They were traditions of men. And they were trying to cause the uncircumcised to be circumcised and follow their traditions in order to inherit salvation. But Paul says, no, that's not so. You're doing away with the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. That's what Jesus came for. He came and died to do away with that. He came to fulfill the law. So there are things that are biblical doctrine, and Bible is Bible, amen? Bible says it, we do it. Bible proclaims it, you follow it. You don't alter it, you don't come up with your own theory, don't come up with your own example, you don't say, well, my pastor said, it doesn't matter what the Bible say. We stick to the book. Well, I was raised, what's that scripture say? See, that's why I like Bible. All right? I like sticking to the Bible. You have questions? Let's go to the Bible. Let's see what the Scripture says. And if the Scripture says it, that's what we follow. Amen. We can get so caught up in the traditions of men and what we was taught years ago, what this man said, what this church said, what this. Let's see what the Scriptures say. Because there's a lot of folks following after men's traditions don't even realize it. It's not even required for heaven. Following after men's traditions that could be leading them to hell. Amen. So it's important for us to understand the distinction. How was that even decided? Well, it starts here. That if I was to make a statement, I've got to make it plain to say, now, this is not scripture. This is a church requirement. In order to do this in this church, in order to do this in this church, these are different things that I'm asking out of you. Amen. Now, it's not Bible. No, I can't, I can't point to a scripture for but these are things that I require. And then a person either says, yes, sir, I comply, or they choose not to comply. That's on that individual. Amen. So what I'm saying is, is that if an individual makes a decision to comply and be under the authority of that pastor and say, yes, we agree, we see it, we know it, we believe it, we're going to follow it. But yet when they're in a conversation with somebody else or they're at home and then someone asks them a question, about a certain reason why they do a certain thing. And then they say, well, I don't agree with it, but my pastor said. You see that? You see, you see, you see that? I've heard that way too often in my life. Way too often in my life. I'm like, well, well, well wait a minute. What, what, do you, what do you mean by that? What, is, what, what, what are you saying? More, more so, what are you teaching? Uh-huh. What, what, what are you teaching? Because, see, that type of spirit, not only in you, but it's in your home. Oh, yes, it is. And what we do is we are teaching ourselves and our children it's okay to disobey your pastor. Y'all hear what I'm saying? I know this to be true. I know it to be true. 
There are things that growing up, I remember when uh, Brother Carson asked him to do something. He said, now, this, this isn't Bible, brother, but this is what I would like for you to do. And I'm sitting there in the office. I said, well, why are we talking about this if it ain't Bible then? You know, I didn't say that out loud. <laughs> and, uh, but that's what I was thinking. You know, I was 23, 24 years old. I said, well, so where are we going with this then? But this is, this is what we do, and this is tradition, and, da, 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 and this and that. He said, I, I would like for you to do this. I said, do I got time to pray about this? Because <laughs> right now, my spirit is telling me no. <laughs> That's what the flesh does, doesn't it? The flesh never wants to humble itself. The flesh never wants to give something up that it likes. Are y'all hearing me? See, that's where Saul wrestled in that. That's why the prophet had him know, let him know. No, it's better to obey than to sacrifice. The flesh wrestles with that. It doesn't want to give up something that it likes. And you telling me it's not Bible? Oh, I'm, I'm teaching in here. I'm trying to help somebody here today. I'm trying to help somebody here today. I'm telling you. Because there's some things you just got to say, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, I walked out of the office. Yes, sir. I went home. I'm hot. And you know why I'm mad? Because I know I'm about to do it. I know I'm going to do it. I know I am. I knew I was going to do it. I knew I was going to do what he asked me to do. I'm mad. I'm kicking everything. I'm upset because my flesh didn't want to bend. Oh, I'm trying to help somebody here today. That, that's tough. Your flesh doesn't want to bend. Uh-uh. You want to do what is pleasing to you. It's pleasing to you. But I have found even when I discipline myself, even when I say yes to things that I don't even agree with or understand, how God opens up doors and makes ways, and he blesses me beyond measure. He blesses me beyond measure. All because I have a spirit of obedience. I know it to be true. Amen? And that helps my home. Because if I can't bend, how can I expect my wife to bend? If I can't bend, how do I expect my children to bend? It affects generations after generations. I've got to learn how to be obedient to a man of God. I've got to learn how to be obedient to a higher authority. Amen? And I know if I didn't have that spirit at a young age, the Lord would not anoint me to be standing where I am right now. What for, how can I teach somebody if I never had the spirit of obedience? Amen? It's, uh, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Principalities, powers. Rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. There's certain things that we wrestle up against. 
not knowing that if we just allow ourselves to be obedient, that success will come. But it's not the natural type of success that I'm talking about. No, no, the Lord will take care of that too. But I'm talking about the spiritual success that many of you are yearning for. I feel so strong in the Holy Ghost that many of you are yearning to go to a higher level, a deeper depth in Jesus Christ. Well, I'm here to tell you, it takes a spirit of obedience. If you don't have a spirit of obedience, you're, you're still on level one because that's the first step. It's obedience. Amen. You have to learn that that's the very thing that the Lord required of Adam and Eve. Obedience. That was it. All they had to do was obey. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's all they had to do was just obey. Everything would have been fine. I wouldn't have to work for money. Baby, you could have gave birth to all four of our kids. No pain. Ooh, I'd have liked that. I don't know about you, but I would have liked it because you were squeezing the mess out of my hand. I said, hold on, Jesus, let this baby come now. <laughs> so true. It's obedience. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 3, verse number 29, it says, and if ye be Christ, then ye are Abraham's seed, and the heirs according to the promise. Well, what were the promises? God promised him three things. It was the promised land, the promised descendants, and the promised blessings. We only become heirs to the promise if we follow verse number four, okay? In Genesis chapter 12, Genesis chapter 12, verses one through four. It says, now the Lord said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country, from thy kindred, from thy father's house. Unto the land that I will show thee, and I will bless of thee a great nation. I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curses thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So Abram, somebody say, departed. He departed. Because he departed, he received the blessing. Because he was obedient to God's word, the blessing came. If he never would have departed, the blessing never would have came. If he would have stayed where he was, the blessing never would have came. But God told him, I'm going to do this, this, and this, but you got to get out. See, we want the blessing, but we don't want to move. We don't want to be obedient to God's word. We want the blessing, but remain where we are. God said, no, if you want the blessing, you've got to be obedient to my voice. And because he was obedient to God's voice, God said, I'm going to bless you going in. I'm going to bless you going out. Amen. But it came with the spirit of obedience. It came with the spirit of obedience. You cannot be obedient and prideful at the same time. You cannot be obedient and prideful at the same time. For the Bible says in Romans chapter number 6, verse number 16, Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourself servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom you obey? whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But it says, but God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. And then let's go to Romans 5, verse number 19. 
For the Bible says, for as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. For we know the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, 2 Corinthians 10. Verse number 5 says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing unto ca captivity every thought to the obedience. Every thought to the obedience of Christ. Obedience is a weapon of warfare. I'm going to say that again. Obedience is a weapon of warfare. We oftentimes talk about this is how I fight my battles, through worship. Yes, that is a weapon. Prayer. Yes, that is a weapon. The word. Yep, that's a weapon. But obedience is also a weapon. There's been things that I've obeyed that I didn't want to obey, and it's kept me out of trouble. It's kept me out of situations just because I humbled myself and I obeyed. Obedience is a weapon of warfare. Because oftentimes, we don't see what's coming. But a man of God in your life will be able to see what's coming and say, no, you, you don't need to go down that road. You, you, you don't need to do that. You don't need to go there. Don't, don't, uh, don't stay away from that. Don't, don't do that. Break up with that. Get out of that house. Get out that situation. But your flesh doesn't want to do it. But it said, no, 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 uh, we, we need to stay away from that. And it becomes your warfare. Obedience, just because you obeyed and you listened to the man of God, you listened to the, the, the people that are spiritual in your life, that can help you to stay out of situations that you were walking right into. But if we lack obedience, we wish we would have listened to the man of God. Man, they told me I shouldn't have done this. They told me not to go there. They told me to stay away from this. But because of our hard-headedness, amen? That's why the scripture says, because you rejected knowledge, I'll reject you then. I gave you the knowledge, but you rejected it. We told you not to go, but you decided to go. We told you to stay away from there, but you decided to, to stay. Obedience becomes a weapon of warfare. Yes, it does. Don't allow yourself, hear me, church, don't allow yourself to not go to your man of God, not go to spiritual authorities, not go to someone with wisdom because you're afraid of the answer. What does it mean by you're afraid of the answer? You don't want to hear it. Anybody been there before? Oh, you don't have to raise you, uh, yeah. you, don't, you don't have to raise your hand. You don't want to hear it. Because oftentimes you already know the answer. You know the answer. But your flesh is pulling you in that direction. And you don't want to call the man of God when you know he's going to say, Oh no, honey. Uh-uh. No brother, no sister. We need to go in a different direction. Don't go, don't go down that path. Don't go down that road. Don't talk to that person. Stay away from this. And obedience will become your warfare. It will become your warfare. There's power in obedience. You want success in your spiritual walk? 
be obedient. You want blessings from the Lord? Be obedient. Obey his word. Obey his word. Don't just take for granted, ah, well, I think pastor thinks this. No, pick up the phone and call. Just pick up the phone and call. Ask. Ask the question. See. See what's going on. See how I feel. Don't just try to go to my wife. Oh, I, I got y'all, didn't I? Uh-huh. Yeah, I see you, Sister Gibbs. I see you. I'm, I'm teasing you. I'm teasing you. I'm teasing you. She ain't going to do nothing but come to me and say, hey, Sister So-and-so try to come to me and get an answer because, you know, nah, nah, nah. I say, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. Amen. Find out because I would rather walk in obedience than be cursed because of disobedience. Hallelujah. Church, what I'm saying is the next level for us as a body of Christ is a spirit of obedience. We are have, Brother Mike preached about winning last Sunday. He says, we've been winning. It was a great word from Brother Mike. He did an excellent job. He did an excellent job. Excellent job. Talked about winning. I want to help you with something today. In order for us to be consistent, in order for you to get to the level that you want to get to and need to get to, because the coming of the Lord is near and it's upon us, it's going to take a spirit of obedience. I'm telling you, obedience is going to separate the saints from the ain'ts. Uh, listen to your pastor right now. I'm telling you, I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. I know I am. It's obedience that's going to separate the saints from the ain'ts. That's what's going to separate it. People that are going to stand firm and obey the word of the Lord. That's what's going to separate it because we are in that day where that book is being challenged. The words are being challenged. What is right, what is wrong is being challenged. And who's going to stand upright and follow the voice of the Lord? Regardless of how ugly this world gets, regardless of how ugly some of our friends, family, and our jobs get, we're going to stand on the word of the Lord. And we're going to have a spirit of obedience. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, obedience will bring miracles in your life. Hallelujah. The only way Abraham knew that God was Jehovah Jireh was because he had a spirit of obedience, willing to sacrifice his only son. That's when he proclaimed Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, my provider, because Jesus became that ram in the bush. Hallelujah. Miracles come through obedience. That's how it comes. I'm telling you, we're, uh, we're getting ready to feel and see. See, y'all hear me? See, physically, tangibly, with our own eyes, a move of God that we haven't even felt before. You think we've been feeling a move of God? Just wait. Just watch. I I'm telling you what I know, what God's been dealing with me about. Wait to see what God is getting ready to do and what he wants to do. But God is saying, are my people going to obey me? If I tell them to go, are they going to go? If I tell them to move, are they going to move? If I tell them to stop, are they going to stop? We have to be willing as a body to obey. And when I say as a body, that means each and every individual. 
your own personal walk with the Lord, how God is dealing with you about certain things about your life, are you willing to obey? Because success follows obedience. Yes, it does. Success will follow obedience. Many of us are here today because of obedience. We're here today because of obedience. Yes, we have. Because the word of the Lord has spoken to us and we followed the voice of the Lord. And many are not here today because of disobedience. They're not here today because of disobedience. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Let's lift our hands unto the Lord. In the name of Jesus. 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 Church, if we take on a spirit of obedience, if we allow ourselves to be a body that chooses to obey, obedience will become our witness. It will become our witness. It will become our witness. You won't have to utter a word, Sister Whitaker, but the Lord will speak for us because we chose to obey his voice. He will go to war for us because we chose to obey his voice. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I'm challenging some people, some men, women, boys and girls, that we must have a spirit of obedience. That if God is dealing with us about something in our life, now's the time to change. Now's the time to make the decision. I know God's been working on your heart that you should do this. You shouldn't be doing that. Stop doing this. Start doing that. We've got to obey. Lay it down. Get rid of it. Throw it away. Take it out. We've got to obey. Why is that junk still in your house when God told you months ago to get rid of it? Well, God sent this preacher here to challenge you in the Holy Ghost. Have a spirit of obedience. If you know God's been dealing with you about something, Outer or inner, start it. Let God lead you. Let God guide you. Don't be going to everybody. Come to your pastor. Because there's biblical things. And then there's church things. But if we're going to humble ourselves under a man of God, I want to be obedient to that man of God. Sometimes this is hard to preach when you're, you're talking about the pastor and the pastor is you. But these are things that must be said. And it's my responsibility to make sure it's said. <laughs> can't I can't wait on an evangelist to come. No, uh, I'll say it myself. Praise God. Because I've got to be held accountable for these things. So these things are heavy on my heart. God's been dealing with you. I, I, I know I'm right. I'm going to let you get out of here. But I, I, I feel this so strong in the Holy Ghost that God's been dealing with many here today about certain things that we need to lay down, some things we need to pick up, some things we need to get rid of, some things we need to restart. We've had it before, but we've lost it. And there's things we need to pick back up 
in order for our relationship to grow strong. Because obedience is a part of warfare. Obedience is a form of worship. And obedience is a witness. And success follows obedience. 